As of last week, a long-standing lawsuit against Netflix and Doc Producers, Doc Shop Productions, has been dropped. In a previous episode of The Briefing, we discussed the then-current status of the case, where seven subjects of the Netflix documentary, Afflicted, sued Netflix for claims of defamation, fraud, and invasion of privacy. We are going to take a look at this dismissal on this installment of The Briefing by Weintraub Tobin. I'm Scott Hervey of Weintraub Tobin, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jamie Linsenberg. Jamie, welcome to The Briefing. Thanks, Scott. It's good to be here with you. Jamie, it's great to be here with you, too. Um, Jamie, could you provide a quick recap on the lawsuit? Of course. Um, the seven-part Netflix series, Afflicted, explores the world of chronic diseases, following a number of patients and their loved ones suffering from the same. The show, as produced, casts a skeptical eye on some of the subjects' illnesses, and those subjects then brought claims accusing Netflix and the producers for editing the show to make the subjects' rare illnesses look psychosomatic and alleging that they were, in fact, duped by the defendants, Netflix and the producers, into participating in a salacious reality television program that questioned the existence of chronic illness. And portrayed the plaintiffs as lazy, crazy hypochondriacs who were deserving of scorn and who in fact have since received scorn and abuse because of the show's false representations. Now, as one would expect, Netflix and the producers fired back hard, filing an anti-slap motion that quickly blocked the lawsuit based on the rights of free speech. However, an LA County judge rejected the motion and the appeals court agreed in a unanimous decision where the judges found that undisputed facts concerning the plaintiff's diagnosed medical conditions when contrasted with the show's script excerpts and aired versions of Afflicted were sufficient to constitute a threshold showing that the defendants could reasonably be understood as falsely implying that the sick plaintiffs were imagining their illnesses due to some psychological condition and that their caregivers were gullible pawns or enablers who had been duped into providing care for persons who did not need it. The plaintiff's attorney called the ruling a significant win, and we discussed in our previous episode that such a ruling could in fact be a shift in the norm and represent major issues for documentary, non-scripted film, and television producers. That's right. And now, almost four years since the initiation of the lawsuit, the case has been dropped. From limited sources, it seems both sides have agreed to drop the suit, according to a request for dismissal filed last week on June 6. Details of the deal have not been disclosed, but of course, this can be seen as a win for Netflix and the producers. And of course, Netflix is no stranger to defending itself from accusations of defamation. This is one of many defamation lawsuits that have been brought not just against Netflix, but many studios and producers work in the, working in the documentary space. This case addresses a number of issues that are generally always present in the documentary industry, but it also highlights important lessons for both producers and subjects of those documentaries. These issues are present now uh, more than ever, given guild strikes halting much of traditional production and the significantly decreased cost of non-scripted content. Documentaries, docu-series, other non-scripted productions are booming. And 
regularly ranked among the most viewed shows on Netflix and other streamers. So this case is important. Yeah. And despite the dismissal, this case really is a cautionary tale for producers in the documentary space. I agree. Um, the show was controversial from the moment it began streaming in 2018. Dozens of doctors, scientists, artists, and writers, including names such as Lena Dunham and Monica Lewinsky, signed an open letter to Netflix a few years back, accusing the producers of the flagrant misrepresentations present in the show. In looking at the details of the case, according to the complaint and the findings of the lower court and the appeals court, it's alleged that the producers of the show likely used creative tools and journalistic practice to advance a narrative that's not actually supported by fact. From early misrepresentations of their intentions with the show to showing apparent diagnoses from doctors who had never even examined the subjects. While we certainly understand the need to produce a compelling documentary production, I don't think that that can be at the cost of the subjects of those shows and the audience who are also being misled by a false narrative. So Scott, how do you think we reconcile this in the industry? And what is the advice to provide producers and studios in the documentary non-scripted industry? That's a good question, uh, Jamie. So I, I think that producers of non-scripted content, docu-content, docu need to really take heed of the lower court and the appeals court finding in this case. The producers in this space need to understand that if you obtain a release by deceiving the subject, that release may not stand up under challenge. So despite the fact that a written release signed by your subject says that they could be portrayed in an unflattering manner or even defamed, like was the case in Afflicted and like is the case with most releases that are signed by participants in a documentary or non-scripted show. And even where that release advises the subject to consult their own attorney, as most releases in the space usually do. If the producer is not truthful with the participant about the nature of the program, uh, despite the fact that you have an incorporation provision in the release itself, which says that, you know, this is the four corners of the document and no other agreements between the parties uh, can be considered unless they're incorporated into the document. Uh, the release may be voided due to fraud, which could then expose the producer to a defamation claim or an invasion of privacy claim. Now, I don't think that most documentary producers intend to defame the subject, but some producers have a strong sense of the story they're trying to tell, and that may result in an unflattering portrayal of a subject. But truth is always a defense to a defamation claim. Uh, so the producer should always be prepared to show that their portrayal of the subject is a true portrayal. And I think as long as the producers follow that advice, right? Don't, don't lie to your participants about the nature of uh, the nature of the show. And if you are going to lie and have them sign a release under false pretenses, be prepared to have that release voided. And so make sure you've got some other defense to a claim of invasion of privacy 
or defamation, like truth. And um, that there may be no expectation of privacy given the nature and manner in which the uh, the content was captured. Now, that probably wouldn't work for these subjects because I assume that the show uh, uh, captured them in intimate moments when there would be a reasonable expectation of privacy. But I'm thinking of like if you're just interviewing a subject and it is in the context of a interview in a place where there's public access and there's no expectation of privacy, then then, then maybe that's uh, maybe that's a, a suitable defense. But as we all know, it's always better to be able to rely on the release because there's a lot of other provisions in a, a typical participant release that you're going to need, like um, the ability to use the participant's name, voice, and likeness, right? The ability to merchandise their likeness, the ability to um, to advertise the program and other aspects of the producer or the network by using the participant's name, voice, and likeness. So not being able to rely on the release would be a, a significant detriment to the producers. Yeah, I think that's really good advice um, for for producers and and studios to to follow when shooting this this type of content um, and not to you know restrict their creative freedoms in producing the documentary as they you know as they see it fit, but just to um, go about that in a cautionary way and make sure that. Um, their narrative isn't straying too you know, too far away from from the truth. Yeah, I think that look, hard hitting documentaries, documentaries that are a tough tough look at a tough subject. Um, those are hard to produce, and it's hard to get someone to sit down when they know that they may be examined under a harsh light. But I think you can still get someone to sign a release without lying to them. You don't need to um you don't need to give them a picture of, you know, rainbows and kitty cats. You can just tell them, look, this is a a a honest and um an honest and deep look at a particular subject matter. Uh we will look at both the positive and negative aspects of it and and you know and then try to shoot a show that is down the middle. Um, uh, and if you're going to have a show that has a particular narrative, then you better make sure that the release and the your your you know your your communications with the participant outside of the release aren't don't reflect the opposite of what that narrative ends up being. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing this to our attention, Jamie. I appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning in to this installment of The Briefing by Weintraub Tobin. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast and uh, give us a thumbs up and leave a comment where comments are to be left. And if you're interested in more content like this, well, we've got over 100 episodes uh, for you to choose from. <laughs>